Hertz has got it, wants to throw. Hertz setting up the screen. It is complete and blown up. Miles Sanders caught it. Malcolm Rodriguez was there waiting for him. That's a big play by Rodrigo. Welcome to another week of the 20 Minute in the Huddle podcast presented by Microsoft. And as always, I love to start the pod with just the news and notes, catch you guys and gals up on what's going on in Allen Park ahead of Sunday's really big matchup against the New England Patriots. I mean, you look at both these football teams right now sitting at one and three, and I think both teams, you probably didn't expect that they'd be one and three. And now, you know, the difference between two and three and one and four is is, is huge in the NFL. And I know it's still early, but um, you know, especially when you're talking about Detroit and you've got a week six bye, and just the feeling that you would have at two and three, winning a good road game before that bye, maybe thinking that, that you know, you can turn some things around even with the schedule. Um, as difficult as it is, you know, coming out of the bye week, um, it's just a huge week. And I think you have to start with the injuries when you talk about Detroit. I mean, you looked at that injury report on Wednesday, and that list was long. It was 10 names long, and there were a lot of key names on that list. Now, I think some of that was just rest. Um, I think we're at that point in the season when guys are dealing with injuries. You know, Thursdays and Fridays, that's, a, a, you know, the big part of the install. You're talking third downs on, on Thursday. You're talking red zone on Friday. That's kind of the key stuff there. So I would anticipate, you know, team sitting or the team sitting, um, you know, some of the key guys on Wednesdays, that could be a common thing with guys like Frank Ragnow, who sat Wednesday. Um, but the list was long. I mean, DJ Chark, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, DeAndre Swift, Josh Reynolds, um, Evan Brown, Frank Ragnow, who we talked about. I mean, the list was long. And then, you, uh, to me, I always look at that list. I say, okay, there's probably some rest involved there. It's the beginning of the week. Now, Thursday, you're getting down to business, so who's back? And I think the great sign for Lions fans is that back on the practice field on Thursday afternoon was DJ Chark, who missed last week, Josh Reynolds, who played a big role in last week, um, Frank Ragnow was back, Evan Brown was back, um, and and so you got an, a number of guys back, um, and, and I think that was really key. Uh, TJ Hawkinson was another guy who was back, who missed Wednesday, was back Thursday. Obviously, the game he's coming off of, that's a terrific sign. So it's trending in the right direction, I think, injury-wise. Um, I wouldn't expect DeAndre Swift to play this week. That's just my gut. Um, you know, you've got the buy you know, the week after. So you give him essentially three weeks to get healthy before Dallas week seven. I think that's the route you take. Probably the same deal with Amon Ross St. Bound. Um, John Comiskey's probably on that same kind of time frame too. Um, we talked about how that's a bigger loss than people think. So, you know, getting those three back would obviously be huge after the bye. And it would be huge to be two and three after the bye and not one and four. And now you're already in must win mode in October or that playoff stretch is going to slip away. So again, huge game. Uh, this week. And I think, you know, the second big point, you know, or the second big storyline, excuse me, out of, out of Allen Park this week has just been the defense. Look, it hasn't been good. I mean, there's no sugarcoating it. There's no easy way around it. They rank 32nd in points allowed, 32nd in total defense, and 30th against the run and pass not good enough. Um, Aaron Glenn said as much on Thursday when he spoke to the media. He took blame, but the players take blame too. And and look, some changes are coming to that defense. I think both schematically, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, 
tone some things back, make it a little bit simpler. Um, and, and when you do that, it usually allows guys to play a little bit faster because they've simplified some things. They're not playing as fast. And I, look, I think personnel changes are coming too. Um, you know, I, the, I, the lines obviously aren't going to, you know, speak to what those are for, for competitive reasons. Um, but you can maybe glean a few, a few things here and there. You know, Glenn talking about, you know, how we thought the interior was playing really well. You know, the guys inside. So are some of those changes heading out on the outside? We know Demetrius Taylor, who was kind of one of those guys who, who really showed out in training camp, is going to be active, is going to play this week. He's going to play the big defensive end. That's where Aiden Hutchinson plays. Now, Hutchinson is still going to start there, but I wouldn't be surprised if they move Hutch around and do some different things with him. Does he do go into a two-point stance at all this week? So, and then on the outside and, and in the secondary, you know, I think some changes could be coming. I'm, uh, we don't know what those are, but but I would anticipate it maybe looking a little bit different on Sunday. So, um, you know, it's going to be really interesting. Um, this is a, a Patriots team, obviously. It's Bill Belichick coach. He's a Hall of Famer. He always takes away what you do well. So, look, both offensively and defensively, they're going to have to have a good plan. They're going to have to throw some things at the Patriots they haven't seen before. And, you know, to me, this is really kind of a coaching-focused game. You know, which coordinators, which coaches, um, you know, can, can really put their players in the best you know, opportunities, um, to win. And, and again, like I talked about, it's a must have it. Um, this is a huge game in my book. Um, you know, you're going to the bye week six, you, you've got to feel good about yourself. Um, you know, and, and make yourself feel, feel good coming out of that bye with a stretch against, I think, what do you have? You have Dallas pages is, is a Dallas, um, Miami's in there, Green Bay's in there. And so, I mean, you've got a, a, a pretty tough stretch of games coming out of that bias. So you got to feel good about yourself at two and three. So, you know, those are the biggest, you know, news and notes. Um, you know, Josh Reynolds is going to join me today. I got Mike Reese from ESPN. We're going to get into a bunch of different things. So it's a good show. Make sure you stay with me. Welcome back to the 20 Minute Huddle Podcast. And guys, I am really excited about my next guest. You guys will recognize him, Mike Reese of ESPN. He is very well connected there in New England, does a great job covering the Patriots. And Mike, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate you coming on. Tim, it's great being on with you. And I, I said before we came on, I said, I'm so happy you asked me because Lions fans might remember me from when we were talking about coach Patricia and say, wait a minute, wh what's this guy talking about? So, um, you know, I know it didn't work out for coach Patricia out there, but uh, we, we were mentioning ourselves, you know, it's different when you're a coordinator versus a head coach. So hopefully I can provide some insight for you here that uh, helps set up the matchup. Hey, I know you will, Mike. Uh, well, let's start, obviously, at, at, you know, the big one is, you know, the quarterback situation there in New England. Obviously, Mac Jones has been dealing with the, the high ankle sprain, and then Brian Hoyer suffers the concussion last week. Bailey Zappi steps in. I'm just curious, where are they at quarterback-wise? Is, is Mac getting closer? Could we expect Brian, maybe? Is it Bailey? Kind of where are you guys at midweek heading into Sunday's matchup? Tim, throw one more name in there, Garrett Gilbert, who they signed to the practice squad, who I would expect will be elevated on game day. So that'll be another name in there. Uh, Brian Hoyer, um, presumably in concussion protocol. And with everything going on around the league, I think you have to proceed as if he's not going to be available. Yeah. Right. And so especially now, if you're Bill Belichick, just putting yourself in his shoes, you're you know, preparing a game plan. You can't bank on him being there. So let's take out Hoyer. Um, you know, Bailey Zappi's healthy. Um, Mac Jones, it'll just be a question of at what percentage is he? And does Bill Belichick want Mac Jones at 
50%, Mac Jones at 60%, seven, whatever the number is versus Bailey Zappi at 100% or Garrett Gilbert, you know, as a fallback at 100%. And I think that's what we got to find out as we're here midweek. We don't know the percentage right now, but I think Mac is going to try to give it a go, at least in practice, and they'll see where they're at by the end of the week. Does does the way that, that Bailey came in and played against the Packers in the second half last week influence that at all? Obviously, you worry about young guys making mistakes, right? Now, you know, there weren't the huge flashy plays there, but I thought he was really efficient, you know, completed some passes, moved the offense. Um, does that sway the decision at all, especially when you consider Detroit struggled on defense a little bit too? So I, I think it, it probably gives them more comfort in terms of if they have to go with Bailey Zappi, like he got his feet wet. And to use a Mike Tomlin phrase from earlier this year that I heard him say, he didn't urinate down his leg. I loved, I loved when Tomlin said <laughs> that about a great one, one of his rookies, right? Uh, and, and so I take that from Coach Tomlin with respect and credit him, of course. Uh, but Zappi was 10 of 15 for 99 yards, um, one touchdown pass that, if you go back and watch it, got fortunate. It was a delay a game that they didn't call. Um, and he was sacked um, three times and lost the ball on one of them. So, Tim, it was a very basic plan for them. It looked to me like almost like the first couple of days of training camp, what they were running offensively. But I, I think you got to start somewhere. And and by all accounts, Bailey accounted for himself well and earned respect from his teammates. So I do think it is a little bit of a factor as they sort things out here going forward. You know, you mentioned something, you know, talking about Brian Horry and the quarterbacks there, and just obviously the, the extra eye that's on concussions with what's gone on in Miami. Do you think that will be a trend now moving forward with a lot of different teams where they'll just err on, on caution because this has become, you know, such a huge issue in the NFL right now? Good question. I don't think it should be a trend. I think it should just be the reality, yeah. you know, and, 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 but sometimes we all need reminders, Right of, hey, what are we doing here? You know, and I think this is a reminder. So with heightened sensitivity, uh, with so much media coverage and, you know, the league under fire a little bit over this whole thing, I do think that teams will tread especially carefully right now. Uh, my thought, Tim, would be they should always tread yeah. carefully. Yeah, good point. And, and they should. You're 100% right. Um, let's shift to, obviously, we talked about Matt Patricia off the top. You know, a little bit different, obviously, on the offensive side of the ball, doing some play calling. I'm just curious, have you, have you watched these four games? How have you seen him evolve as a play caller? What's your opinion of this offense through the first quarter of the season? It's a lot there, Tim. And I think I'm trying to think how deep we want to go into it. I'm going to try to sum it up because, you know, we don't we have a <laughs> – finite amount of time here Patriots offense last year was pretty good with Mac Jones as a rookie right they won 10 games they made a conscious decision this offseason to strip it down and start over so before we even talk about what we've seen through four games like I think that's where we have to start yeah like and and it's very interesting like some people and and I've asked this question why? Like, why strip it down, right? Part of the reason was the offense had grown so big because it was what Tom Brady was running over 20 years. And every year they were adding things, adding things. And the language was such that I think they wanted to simplify. So take that as sort of the baseline for what we're talking about and then move forward. Like they, part of what they're trying to do is push the ball 
down the field more. And what's happened in doing that is they've got a little, Mac Jones got a little careless with the football, trying to find the balance between pushing it down the field, but being smart with the football. And that's what stands out to me about the offense. And their turnover differential, they're always in the positive in New England. That's like a way of life for Patriots football <laughs> under Bill Belichick. Right. You're in the negative right now. And that tells you all, all you need to know. Well, and it's probably a big reason why you see one in three, which is something that us around the league aren't used to seeing in New England either. Now, you guys have faced, you know, the tough part of your schedule there to begin. I think, what is it, Mike, six straight games with, with opponents under 500, I think you guys are headed. So the easier stretch, if you can consider it, even though, as you and I both know, anything can happen any given Sunday in the NFL. But at one and three and saying that about their schedule, is, is this such an important game early in the season for them? I know it is for Detroit because obviously one of these teams is going to be one and four barring a tie. Detroit's heading to a bye. So obviously you want to feel good heading into your bye week, week six. So it just seems like this is kind of both teams are at a crossroads here at, at one and three. They, they don't want to get to that point where you're really doubting the season five weeks into the year. Do you get that feeling over there in New England? Because that's certainly the feeling here in Detroit gotta have it Tim gotta have this game both teams right like that's yeah. the mindset and I think it sets up a really a uh, fun game right like I I was watching last week Lions Seahawks and obviously Seahawks got up but the way the Lions hung in there right like they're gonna fight right and they're never they're out in of every it. game they're, they're in every game that, especially exactly. with that offense that's right and so I think that's what you're looking at you know, you got a team like the Lions that's going to fight and always be in it till the end. Team like the Patriots that's still trying to find itself. But you saw what they did with their third string quarterback in Green Bay um, against a, a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. So it, I think it sets up for a really good game. And I agree with everything you said. I got to have this game if you're the Patriots. They were one and three last year, ended up making the playoffs. So try to duplicate that this year. What's jumped out to you most, Mike, about their one and three start? Because as we talked about, that's something that us around the country are not used to seeing in, in New England. Even last year when they had a rookie quarterback, you mentioned the start, but then they kind of got things together and got on a roll. What's, what, what's been the biggest thing that's jumped out to you about one and three through four weeks for New England? Going to give you a couple. Uh, the first, we, we touched on the turnovers. Uh, Tony Romo on the CBS broadcast this past week when they were Patriots Packers, before the first snap, he said, you know, I turned on the tape and I was surprised. The offense looked better than I would have expected, but they're just turning the ball over. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I give you, because Tony Romo, I, I like his analysis, right? And he's credible. So I want to pass that along. So that's the first thing that stands out. Turn the ball over, you're going to lose games. So take 100%. care of the ball. You have to learn how not to lose before you can learn how to win. So if we wanted the short answer, start, you know, that's it. But I want to go a little deeper and tell you that in the last six quarters, the Patriots have given up uh, almost 300 rushing yards. So wow. 200 in the last six quarters. So not even two full games gave up 199 to the Packers last week. And in the second half against the Ravens in week three, I think they gave up 122. So they're having a lot of trouble with the run game. And I know, I don't know what uh, Swift status is in the game, but I watched the way the Lions ran the ball against the Seahawks and thought to myself, well, yeah, you want to have Swift, but you still got Williams. And I mean, um, you still got Reynolds, Reynolds and Jackson. I mean, yep. these can still run it. Right. And so 
to me, those are the two areas I would I would highlight. And that's an interesting one, too, because that's obviously got to be worrisome for Bill Belichick and this Patriots team with with how Detroit has been able to run the football so consistently through the first month of the season. And, and really, it's about those guys up front for them. I mean, Frank Ragnow, um, Penny Sewell, Taylor Decker, they've had some kind of um, makeshift guard you know, jo- you know, jobs they've had to do there. But those three guys in the center and the outside, they've been terrific all year long. And that really has been the most consistent part of this Lions offense, first in points, first in yards. But really, it starts up front and running the football. So obviously, that's going to be a huge matchup this week. And for the Patriots, what Lions followers should know is their starting left defensive end, Lawrence Guy, who's like a run I call him a run-stuffing defensive lineman, missed last week's game against the Packers with a shoulder injury. He's And he's actually missed the last six quarters, which are the... So if you're looking for why nice the Patriots have struggled, little, uh, compare, yeah. you know, so that's part of it. The other part of it, and this is interesting to me, is their linebacker play. The Patriots just brought back Jamie Collins, who, of course, Lions followers know. He's on the We're practice squad. Jamie. Why? Why did they bring him back? They're struggling at their off-the-ball linebacker spot. They have Jawan Bentley, a captain, who's solid, but the players they've tried alongside him, Raekwon McMillan, Mac Wilson Sr., Jelani Tavai, another former Lion, um, just not producing at the level that you traditionally see from the Patriots. And so they bring in Jamie. I don't know how much we'll see him on Sunday, but that's another part of why that run defense has has had some some trouble here. Yeah, another key matchup for me too is is you know Judon and, and Dietrich Weiss on the outside. We saw Dietrich have that terrific game against Baltimore kind of coming out, but he's got four sacks. Uh, I think Judon can become the first Patriot player ever to start a season with a sack in each of the first five games. I mean, he's been really consistent. And now that's strength on strength to me because you've got Sewell, you've got Decker. That's really where you're the most solid up front, obviously with Rag now too. But to me, that's a key one too. Can, can they... Um, you know, run the football, obviously, like we talked about, too. But then, you know, do the play action and protect Jared and let him sit back there and get all these weapons. They've been able to do that the first four weeks of the season. That's why this offense has been so successful. Can they continue to do that? I think the Patriots have 11 sacks, eight of those from Judon and Dietrich. So that's kind of the big portion of it. Is that another key one to you is kind of who wins that matchup on strength on strength? Big time. Matthew Judon's off to a great start this season. And, and, You'll recognize him on Sunday if he he wears these red sleeves, Tim. So usually the Patriots are usually in their uh, blue jerseys or white jerseys and these red sleeves just pop. You know, Uh, Patriots are actually going to be in red throwbacks in this game. So I'm curious if he's just going to be like an all red, uh, you know, up top. But he is. Oh, um, is is that with the logo? go on the hell who is that patriot tattered pat, pat patriot pat, pat patriot that's yeah. who it is yeah oh i like those yeah. old time logos yeah. so you're gonna but you were saying that. about judon he's just been really consistent really probably their best defensive player alongside dietrich wise um put on a pass rushing clinic i thought in this last game against the packers lions fans know the packers well much better than me but i mean they had um the uh jenkins the yeah. guard out at tackle i mean still i mean it's a Pro Bowl player, right? Right. And Judon gave him all he could handle. So um, usually coming off the the defensive left side for Judon. So that's going to be your right tackle um, or tight end, you know, if you get help. So definitely Judon, a player to watch out for. All right, Mike, one more for you before uh, before I let you go. 
the New England Patriots are two and three Sunday afternoon. If what happens? So I feel like a broken record, but don't turn the ball over, right? Like we highlighted that multiple times and they got to stop the run, right? I mean, it's, it's very basic. Like when I watch the Patriots and when I watch the Lions in their recent game, the word that came to my mind is fundamentals, right? Yeah. Like the team that executes its fundamentals, it's probably going to be two and three. And like from a Lions perspective, it looked to me like they were struggling with some play action in that game against the Seahawks. Like I just, everyone flowing right to the ball and maybe just a little more discipline on that. And again, I don't watch the Lions as closely as you do, but that's one thing that stood out to me. And um, for the Patriots, same thing, just got to be better with their technique against the run and take care of the football on offense. Hey, Mike, real quick too, Isaiah Wynn or Marcus Cannon at right tackle this week, is that going to be kind of how it goes in practice or is that something to watch? I mean, if I was Aiden Hutchinson, and I turned on the tape and watched Isaiah win last week. I'm pretty excited. Um, and that would be one, you know, one matchup. If now it looked to me like they play Hutchinson on both sides. And I know they're talking about possibly doing some different things. Yeah, there's going to be some revamping. Obviously, if you look at the numbers, I mean, that's much needed. So it'll be interesting to see if they stand him up, do a little more two tech, you know, two point stance and move him right, left. They're going to change some things up. So the Patriots can expect to see some things that the Lions probably haven't shown on tape. But he will see, you know, he'll be on the right side, you know, enough to against whoever's over there, especially if they like the matchup. Definitely. And and I would think they like the matchup against Isaiah Wynn, who's really struggling. So to your question, like it wouldn't shock me if Isaiah Wynn loses his starting job, like at the start of the second half in this last game, the Patriots sat him down in favor of Marcus Cannon, who was elevated from the practice squad. I would expect Cannon to be elevated again for this game and and he'll play whether he starts, you know, probably is TBD because they're Cannon's probably still getting into game shape. Gotcha. Mike, great stuff as always. I appreciate you taking the time. Obviously, huge matchup Sunday in Foxborough. Two teams that really are desperate for a win, kind of flip their seasons around. Great stuff. I'll make sure I stop by and say hello to you in the press box. He is Mike Reese. He knows everything Patriots. Great stuff, Mike. Tim, thanks for having me. Look forward to seeing you and travel safe. Welcome back to the 20 Minute Huddle podcast presented by Microsoft. And I'm very happy to talk with my next guest, Josh Reynolds, who was balling out. This whole offense is balling out, Josh. And just how fun is it to, to be on kind of the role that you guys are on right now offensively? Oh, man. I mean, it's, it's every offensive guy's dream, you know, for a team to put up points like that, you know, in, in, in both running and passing. You know, it's, a, it's awesome, man. You know, it just shows how many weapons we got. And that's a big thing, too, because now you guys obviously face New England on Sunday and Bill Belichick and, and the famous kind of, you know, thing with him is he always takes away what you guys do well, right? Mm -hmm. That's his M.O. But when you look at this offense, I mean, you guys can run the ball. You guys can throw it. Um, you guys, you know, your scheme is very diverse. I mean, just how difficult is that to, to stop? I mean, put your defensive coordinator hat on a little bit. I mean, how would you even attempt to stop you guys? Uh, It'd it, it definitely be tough, man, you know, and uh, and, and that's why it's kind of hard to, to scheme them right now because it's like, all right, well, what are they going to try to take away, you yeah. know? So at this point where, you know, we're just got to gotta prepare ourselves for all looks, you know, everything to get, you know, 
just just gotta prepare, man. You know, you've been with with Jared Goff before. You guys played together. Mm-hmm. You know, with with the Rams, and you've obviously seen him play at a very high level. Is this the is this the most confident? Is this the best you've seen him? I mean, you look at the the QBR, the passer ratings. He leads the league with eleven touchdown passes. I think he's right up there in yards mm-hmm. too. I mean, he just looks really great. Minus the two mistakes, obviously, which he lamented this oh, week God. talking to him, but. He's playing at a really high level. Do you see the same thing? You've been around oh, him probably yeah. more than any other receiver oh, yeah, in the room. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome to see that, man. You know, um, you know, like you said, I've seen him with the Rams Super Bowl year when we went and he was playing at a high level then as well. And so, uh, you know, just just to see him take control of this offense and making it make it his own, you know, I think that's the biggest part of, of, of him growing into that into that uh, you know, that lead position, that confidence yeah. that he's that he's getting right now. Yeah, he's He's on it. You know, and I asked him about you on Wednesday, too. And and obviously, you guys have dealt with a lot of, of injuries. And, like, you know, you having to switch positions from the X to the Z and, mm-hmm. and you know, right in the middle of, of a game there. And I asked him, you know, how difficult is that? I mean, how many guys could do that? And he looked at me and he said, I mean, there's a few guys. Like, a Cooper Cup could do that, mm-hmm. you know. But you got to be really smart to be able to do that. And, and you know, he really threw that praise onto you. Just you, you seem to be in a really good spot right now, too. You know, contributing a lot. You and... And, and him seem to be on a, have a really good rapport. You kind of feel the same way. I mean, yeah, you, yeah, you look and, great. And um, you know, it's and it's not always you know meant where I'm a you know I'm that that primary receiver. You know, it just you know I just make sure I'm the, I'm in a spot that I'm supposed to be at the time. And uh, and he's he's finding he's finding his his open guys. You know, so it's I mean it's awesome, man. It's uh you know for me to have those games kind of back to back. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's growing my confidence as well, and just uh you know. Yeah, I finally get the. You feel it. I, I see the, the smile. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I finally get to go a little bit. Because man. Off, you know, man, let's let's be real. I mean, last year was tough, right? No I doubt. mean, you go to a new environment in Tennessee, it just for whatever reason, it doesn't work out. And then you come here, you get opportunities here. But I mean, joining a team mid-season, trying to learn a new scheme mid-season. Yeah. I mean, you had to be swimming a little bit. You still made some <laughs> oh, yeah. plays. Oh yeah, yeah. But, yeah I they, definitely to, they definitely had to dumb it down for me a little bit. Man. You know, hey, all right, we, you you gonna run this and this personnel? All right, cool. I can do that. But now you get an off season with Jared, right? Yeah. You get a training camp, you get OTAs, you get that mm-hmm. whole thing, and it just seems like you've kind of picked up, kind of, and just run with it. Yeah. You seem to be in a really good spot. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's a tall shout out to to Ben and Jared, man. You know, Ben with the with the schemes, getting guys uh, in the spots that they need to be, and uh, and Jared for being able to deliver those balls, man. And credit to the whole room too. I mean, right? I'm on Ross St. Brown goes mm-hmm. down. You're without DJ Chark. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're I know dealing with some stuff too. You're not 100 percent with with it with that ankle. And then Tom Kennedy steps up. I mean, mm-hmm. Quintez Cephasborg went. You know, you, you guys do a lot of different things with TJ. Play him in the slot out wide. I know he's a tight end, but he, you know he's got kind of a wide receiver feel to him a little bit too. And then he steps up. I mean, what a credit to that room, right? Oh, that man. that it just it doesn't seem like it doesn't matter. Competitive. Right? We're competitive, man, and we got a competitive room. L picked the right guys to you know to to be in our room for us you know all the way down to the to the last guy you know everybody's ready to to step up and kind of fill in that role if, if need be what do you like about L oh man I had yeah. him on the podcast and he was great by the <laughs> character, way character man yeah, he is a character he got he got his little announcing voice yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Randall L yeah he's he's a character man he he just he makes it fun you know yeah. 
come coming coming to work every time. You know, it don't it don't feel like work, especially you know, with in his meeting rooms. And he's so. a former player, so he exactly. gets it, right? I mean, exactly. he's going to ask you guys to do anything he hasn't. He, he, done knows, he knows it's hard. You know, he knows it. Yeah, <laughs> he knows it's hard. But he seems like he keeps it fun too. Yeah. You know, no, definitely, definitely. I, I want to talk about Ben a little bit because obviously that's you know a hot name right now mm-hmm. with you guys having the number one offense, the, the number one total yeah, offense, man. number one scoring offense. Just his his ability to scheme guys, and you mentioned a little bit about scheming guys open and, and mm-hmm. getting guys, but just whenever I talk to guys and ask them about Ben, the, the, the kind of the word that keeps coming up is the intelligence, the mm-hmm. smarts, just one of the smartest football guys I've ever been around. Just what is it about Ben that that's kind of that, that makes make him so successful in this role so early on in, in his career? Um. In my experience, you know, I was with, you know, I was with, with McVeigh, and uh, I, I kind of got the same, you know, the same sense a little bit. You know, it's just guys that that know football, been yeah. around football their whole life, you know, watch a absurd amount of film, so they've seen just about every look, you know, and um, and just kind of just just been around the right guys, you know, going through that whole process, whether, you know, he was assistant, you know, during right. assistant coach and all that stuff. And so, he's been around some, he's really been around. some smart yes. minds. Yes, and I think that's a that's a big part of it. And now he can now he can take that and twist it in his form. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's and now he's making all that uh you know, the offense that basically you know, everybody's running his own. And that's yeah. and, but it seems to me from the outside looking in and obviously you know more than me, but just the, the ability to be a good teacher is so mm-hmm. important. Not just knowing football, too, but being able, able to relay that in terms that make sense to players, that makes it easy to players, that allows them to play fast. It seems like he's a very good teacher, oh, he too. And, and he doesn't overcomplicate things. Because you can be a smart guy, a smart football guy, and you can maybe overcomplicate things, right? Yeah, he'll catch yourself doing that sometimes. Yeah, you know, really? hey, hey, we'll have to tell him, hey, you know, getting a little too much now. <laughs> Trim that down a little bit, you know. But now he, he's uh, he's he's growing into his own for sure. So you guys are the number one offense overall. But when I talk to Jared, I, even when we talked to you earlier in the week, it just seems like you guys think you can be much more even too. Like you watch the film and and you're leaving a lot of plays out there, and that's. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, you're still the number one scoring and number one overall yeah. offense, and you guys feel like you can be even better? Yeah. I mean, is that true? Oh, uh, 100%. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Monday. Doesn't even sound like it's close well, hey, to you. Well, Monday, you would think that we had the worst game ever. Really? Just because, you know, hey, we're, we're very critical of ourselves. You guys scored 45, Josh. Exactly. <laughs> we should have had 60. Are you yeah. <laughs> should have had 60, you know. And so that's, you know, I think um, our mindset being that way, is what's going is is what's going um yeah suspend us you know and I want to ask you something maybe a difficult question but you know I want to ask it anyways is uh, you guys offensively are doing so well right and and defense obviously it's it's you know been well documented the the start that they've had but it doesn't seem like there's a, a fracture in that room at all and Jared said that's so important that you can't he's been on teams before where you, where you have that fracture you maybe start to point fingers mm-hmm. um, why is that so important that that doesn't get into that locker room, and, and do you expect that that probably won't, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it I mean, seems like a pretty strong group. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we're, we're a team, yeah. you know? I'm like, we win together, we lose together. Whether the offense puts up 60 or, or, or not, you know, if we, can't, if we can't win the game, we all lose. So, yeah. um, you know, there's no, there's no point in pointing fingers. You know, we know we know they're not trying to, you know, give up points and stuff. They're just, uh, they're just working through some stuff and, um, 
You know, I mean, it's a long season. You know, they're going to get their groove, and, and, and you're going to see a And there's going to be an opportunity yeah. when you guys are maybe a little bit exactly. slow, and they make the play, exactly. and then that turns things around, and that's exactly. what good teams do, right? Exactly, and that's why it's the team. the greatest team sport in America. <laughs> How big is this one on Sunday for you guys? Especially going into the bye, right? You want to feel good about yourself going into the bye yeah. week, get that week of rest. And then, you know, second question to that is – how important is that by? Uh, how good of a time is that coming now, week six, with all the injuries you guys are facing? To your first question, I mean, next game is always the biggest game, you know, since it's the next one. We got to we got to be one and one and oh, yeah. you know, and so, uh, you know, that's we, we, we think about that all the time. And um, I think the, guy, the buy is coming at a perfect time right now for our team, you know, because we kind of got we kind of hit the. Uh, got the injury bug early. Yeah. You know, and that'll get some some of our guys back with Saint and uh, and. Um, you know, just you know, to get a little, little, little more rest until this long, long. <laughs> it's gonna be a long season. haul yeah. after, yeah. long haul afterwards no for doubt. sure. No well, Josh, it's been really fun to watch you guys, you in this offense. It, it's really been fun to watch mm-hmm. this receiver core. It's been terrific. It doesn't matter whose name's called. You're all making plays. Mm-hmm. Jared looks great, and uh, it's been fun to watch. And yeah. keep it up, Sunday. I know you know Bill Pelichek's probably gonna have something right. for you guys yeah. a little bit, maybe yeah. something unexpected. <laughs> but you guys are gonna have something for him too, right? Oh, we definitely are. We all definitely right. Are. Just got to be long to look out. He is Josh Reynolds. He's having a terrific start to his season. Thank you, guys. We'll be back. Welcome back to the 20 Minute in the Huddle podcast, and it is now time for key matchups presented by BetMGM. And I thought this week I would do something a little bit different. I would bring in the Hall of Famer (laughs) to help me with the key matchups. He is Mike O'Hara. Obviously, Lions fans know him well. And, Mike, thanks for joining me. As always, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Now, what, what are we doing again? <laughs> <laughs> and we've got jokes, ladies and gentlemen. We've got jokes today. But, no, I, like always, we've got five key matchups for this one. And, and, Mike, let's start up front with the big guys. I thought we were doing all, all the last 13 games. I probably <laughs> I'll just stick to this one. Okay. We've got jokes. Here we go. We're going to start with the big guys up front, where, obviously, you and I both know yeah. that's where – you know, games are are, right. are won. And let's start with Taylor Decker versus uh, Dietrich Weiss Jr. Um, you know, pretty talented pass rusher um, for New England. Really had a strong game against Baltimore. We had three sacks, a couple tackles for loss. You know, really affected um, that game. And, and you look at Taylor, and Taylor's been terrific. Like, one sack allowed. They've, he's been strong in the run game. He's really been an anchor there. You know, what's the, what's the key to that matchup for you? Well, one thing about uh, Taylor, that, and I probably say this to you like two or three, because we sit beside, beside each other at game on games, about two or three times a game, I'll say it's a false start because he's so quick getting off the ball. It's like he's got a spring-loaded left leg, and he's ready to go. So he's he's really tough to play against, and he can handle guys like that. But you look at at, at uh, Wise's stats, guys rolling four. He's got four sacks, four tackles for loss, four quarterback hits. That's pretty good production. That's a long day for Taylor Decker coming up. I think he can handle it. Another four in four games. So in four that, you games. Know, that's a lot of lot of good two, production. Three, four, got it. You got it. <laughs> let's 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 I mean look there's an elephant in the room right obviously you know Matt Patricia was here yeah, it absolutely. didn't work out but I think that's a huge matchup now Matt Patricia is dealing with the offensive side of the ball over there in New England and Aaron Glenn's come under a little bit of fire obviously you look at some of the numbers you know they're 32nd in points allowed 32nd in total defense 30th against the run 30th against the pass and so you know Matt Patricia's offense and that play calling versus Aaron Glenn and, and the defensive play calling what's the what's the big 
what's the big matchup there? Well, I think the big matchup is that he's got uh, Bill Belichick on his side. And yeah. I don't think – I wouldn't be exactly if – if I'm Bill Belichick, I'm not shaking in my shoes that the Detroit Lions have made a change between – between week four and week five, there's nothing he hasn't seen. Going back to in 1976 and 77, when he was a position coach here with the Detroit Lions, the guy knows football, he knows how to react, and I wouldn't, I don't think that's a big deal now. Look, Matt Patricia made his, made his bones as a defensive coach, and now he's doing offense. So, I'm, I'm, there's got to be a little bit of gap there, I would think. I don't think he's got necessarily everything down just because he looked and attacked at offenses doesn't mean he can run offenses yeah no that's a good point you look at Detroit defensively and, and Aaron Glenn they obviously took that deep dive this week into changing th- some things schematically Dan Campbell mentioned Monday the personnel changes I don't know how much they can do you know obviously Demetrius Taylor a defensive lineman probably gets um, you know his first you know, time to be active this week. They can maybe switch Aiden and Charles and try to find some matchups maybe, but just how much can they do defensively on the fly in one week, you know, getting ready for an opponent? Well, a lot of it depends on how desperate you are. It really does. And I look, I'll go back to the, the older days when I covered Wayne Fonser. He would not stick with a loser. They spent the whole offseason one time going away from his famed 3-4 to a 4-3. They got just clocked the first two games. Guys, back to the 3-4. He wouldn't stick with a loser. I think it's a smart thing. Whatever they're doing, whatever they're changing, I think it's a smart thing to do. Now, it's got to work. Yeah. But just you just can't sit there and say, okay, now we're going to coach him a little harder. No, no, you've got you've, you've to take – you got to take a look at what you're doing and make sure it's working. Maybe it doesn't fit these players. And obviously the quarterback situation there in New England is going to play a huge factor. Absolutely. Is it going to be Mac Jones, who might return to practice this week, as, as Mike Reese, who I had on earlier from ESPN, said that could be a possibility. What's his percentage versus a healthy, you know, you know Bailey Zappi, who's their third-string quarterback. But you look at the Patriots' office, 23rd in points, 18th in total offense, 10th in rushing. So they're good there. That's one area I think Detroit's really got to be good at this week is stopping that Patriots run game let's go kind of leading into the next one for me is Malcolm Rodriguez um, you know versus uh, Harris for uh, the running back for um, New England and and I would throw um, you know Ramondre Stevenson in there a little bit as well just because you know I think both those guys they kind of split the load there they both have over 200 yards rushing but what have you seen from Malcolm that that you like you've seen a lot of rookies obviously over your time and, and what is it about him that, 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 you know, has made him consistently productive through four weeks? Look, whether you're the first pick overall in, in the National Football League draft or the 253rd pick, it can be too big for you. It really can. You're, you're going against playing against guys who are 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, and all of a sudden you're going against a, a 28-year-old three-time Pro Bowl center or guard or tat or whatever or running backs who know they know more about you than you do. It's not too big for Malcolm Rodriguez. It wasn't from when he showed up in rookie camp. He just had they just fit in. He just he was a football player. That's to me there are players and then there are athletes. He's a player. And so I don't think it's too big for him. Patriots are averaging 128 and a half yards per game on the ground. Detroit obviously we mentioned off the top their thirtieth, you know, against against the run. Against a third-string quarterback, this matchup in particular, just how important is that for Malcolm to continue to be consistent? Last week, 10 tackles, a tackle for loss, a quarterback hit. He's been arguably their best performer, at least their most consistent one through the first month. How important is this matchup, just just 
him being able to limit a little bit, make some plays in the backfield, stick with those guys in the pass game, just that, that matchup seems like a bigger one to me. Yeah, if you're playing like, you know, 55, 60 snaps, if you can just hold your own when you're done, when you you, you broke even, you've won. You really yeah. do. And I think I think he can do that now. Look, like you said, these are both two guys that you're facing that have more than 200 yards rushing already, and they have pretty good, you know, yards per carry, two, two, uh, four, six for one, four, nine for the other, something like that. So they, you know, they know how to get the ball up and down the field. And so it's it's not just it's not just Malcolm uh, Rodriguez, but look, just some stats. You know, he's, look, he's he's done a lot of things. He's got one tackle for loss. I'm sorry, one forced fumble, three tackles for loss, two quarterbacks hits, and he's got 25 solo tackles. You know, Tim, I think I've said this before a million times, million and one coming up. I wish there was a st- statistic in the National Football League for winning plays, not just tackles, because you get a tackle out of a six-yard gain. So what? Right. Get a tackle for a three-yard gain, that's a winning play. And I think Malcolm Rodriguez makes winning plays. Well, let's hope there's some more on Sunday. Let's go to our fourth matchup to me, Penny Sewell versus Matthew Judon. I'm, I'm going to stick up front. And just because when you look at New England over the first, you know, four games, they've got 11 sacks as a team. But four or about eight of those have come from Dietrich Weiss and Matthew Judon. And you look at the start Judon's on, he can become the first Patriots player ever to start the, the team's first five games with a sack in each game. He's off to that good of a start. He's gotten a sack in every single one of the Patriots' first four games. And look on the other side of it, Penny Sewell has been everything the Detroit Lions hoped he would be and probably a little bit more, I'm guessing, with, after picking him seventh overall. I think he's trending toward the Pro Bowl um, sooner rather than later. To me, that's a big matchup, a good test for him because Judon's been doing it at a high level for a long time. Well, he's trending towards the Pro Bowl when there's no Pro Bowl anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm here in Hawaii. Where is everybody? <laughs> no, but, you know, look. Look, Matt Judon, look, just a plug here. He's Grand Valley State and out of your neighborhood at West Bloomfield High, I think it was. He's from West Bloomfield. Yeah. One of your rich neighbors. They all love, <laughs> you, love you for that. But no, look, he's he's been he's been a, a good player right from the get-go. He was a fifth-round draft pick by, uh, by, the, by the Ravens, and he's just stepped right in. He's made the Pro Bowl the last three years. He's a tough guy to play. He's 275 pounds, 6'3", and he's built you know, low to the ground, and he can he can flat out ball from first snap to the last. Yeah, that's why I think that's such a big matchup with Decker and Sewell against Dietrich Wise and, and Judon. I mean, that's really strength on strength. When you look at that defense, that's their strength. When you look at this off, that's offense, to me it's the offensive line and, and how Jared's playing. But on the offensive line, it's really those two guys on the outside and Frank anchoring it in the center. That's such a key matchup. And one thing about Wise, he's a little ranger. He's a 6'5", 6'6", something like that, the same 275 pounds as, as Matt Judon. Just one other thing. He's a fourth-round draft pick. Mm. Like I said, Judon's a fifth-round. So I'm telling you people out there on draft day and after a team gets your players, they don't have to come in the first round. Yeah. Keep drafting. You get good players from the first round to the seventh and in free agency. Well, we talked about Malcolm Rodriguez, right? Absolutely. Sixth round. It doesn't matter. To Rodrigo. Rodrigo, I like it. All right, last matchup and the uh, key matchups presented by BetMGM. Charles Harris and Isaiah Wynn. And, and I'm going to put a little bit of a caveat on this be because Isaiah Wynn – has had such a bad start to his season. The the left tackle, uh, the right tackle for um, the Patriots. That um, Marcus Cannon came in the second half last year, and it'll be interesting to see who starts there. And I know you're saying Tim, that's a right tackle. Doesn't Aiden normally play on that side? But like we talked about earlier, yeah. I think there's going to be a combination of both Charles Harris and Aiden Hutchinson. I think they're going to move around. At least we saw that last week with Aiden covering both sides and I think whoever it is and I'm and I highlighted Charles Harrison this one because 
one sack by Charles Harris, four quarterback hits, um, two tackles for loss. But you look at the sack and, and a couple of the quarterback hits that was in one game, um, and obviously had that huge play against Washington. But um, to me, it just you need more from him. You know, he was a guy that had seven and a half sacks last year. We saw with Washington how much he can make an impact, and, and he's one of those few guys I think on this defense that can turn the football over. You know, Mani is another one for me, but Charles Harris is too. You know, he, he gets a lot of those. I just think this is an opportunity against a guy in Isaiah when he's got five penalties in four games. He allowed two sacks in the first half last year, six quarterbacks pressures, which leads them. So whoever it is at right tackle and whoever it is um, for the defense over that guy, I think it's such an important matchup to take advantage of that this week. This is your chance, really. This is this. You're, you're like this is not Penny Sewell and and, and Taylor Decker. This is what's his, uh, Isaiah Win. This is what's his name, yeah. Isaiah Win. <laughs> look, he had look. It started out in his career. He missed his entire rookie year. You know, yeah, and, and he's only had one season where he played. Well, he played all 16 games last year, and with 15 starts, so he's sort of you know. He's, I don't think they've gotten what they expected to get. From when a guy they drafted 23rd overall in the first round. So, look, put the pressure on. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a three-man rotation in there. You know, to, you know, just to change it up a little bit. Keep a bit. fresh guy Keep on. Keep a fresh him guy to in attack. there. Yeah. Because what they're doing now is really isn't working, except for that one big, you know, half by uh, by Hutchinson in in the, in the in the second game. They need more. They need, need more, more from that defense. Whatever line. it is. Yeah. I think when we you know we we talk about the defense and and the deep dive and the position changes, but at some point it just is. You know, man on man, you got to beat the guy guy across for you and make an impact, right? Yeah, and that that's it at the end. Yeah, and one other thing, Tim, as supportive as the fans here in Detroit have been, and look, they've had three crowds where it's just roaring from start to finish. Well, they've been look, they've been good, entertaining games. Just the home team didn't didn't close the deal. I think this is a good time, regardless of who they're playing. It's a good time for the Lions to get on the road because you get that feeling that all we got is each other. Yeah, and I think that I think that can help a team when it's struggling in any sport, but particularly football because of the emotional dynamic of the game. 100%. Those were the MGM key matchups. He is Mike O'Hara, the Hall of Famer. <laughs> <laughs> we will obviously, uh, PJ and I will be breaking down the game afterward from uh, New England. Um, Mike, you've got your pregame stuff heading up Thursday. you got, uh, what's the article you do on? The, the preview. I do, and I, I'm leading it off with uh, TJ Hawkinson. Does he have another big game? backing up the one he had last week. Does it carry over? I think it should. Yeah. That guy's a terrific football player. I want to see more of him. We also have 10 takeaways from the coordinators, which yep, will obviously be up. interesting this week. So there's a lot coming on the podcast. There's a lot coming on DetroitLions.com, and PJ and I will break it all down Sunday night. So stick with us here. Again, he is Michael Hare. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate the, you. The pleasure, pleasure is all mine. <laughs>